Hello. Hello. Hi. Can you hear me? Yes. Yeah. Yay. So you're on. Okay. I was waiting for people to join because it said that the recording will begin once the friends join. So I've just kind of been on standby. So I'm glad you could make it. I'm still waiting on Deepa if she can get on the link. Uh, okay. But, but yes, we're on, we're live. This is uh, recording here. So the way it works is the recording starts when the friends join. Um, see if, if Deepa's gonna join us here. And I have someone else messaging me. Give me just a second. Let me make sure that she has this link. Yay, I'm glad you could make it. Just hang in tight. So this, this audio, the audio is cannot see the video face? No, just audio. No video. It's not like Zoom where you can see each other. I just wanted to do an audio for this one. Okay. That way you don't have to worry about wearing makeup or what you're wearing. <laughs> <laughs> I can lie in the bed. <laughs> yes. Hello. Hello, good evening. Hi. Yay, Hi. Deepa. Okay. Hi, Yen. Hello, Lipa. Hi, everyone. So the way it works is that I, uh, I can invite friends and the app won't start recording until the friends join. So as soon as people join, that's when it will record. Otherwise, I can just do a recording by myself and talk and, and not anyone. But I thought it would be more fun to have other people join us here. Yeah. Okay. So um, let's get started. Uh, hello, everyone. This is Kim. Welcome to my podcast, Gem Kim. And this is my second podcast, February 1st, 2021. And um, first of all, I wanted to say thank you so much for joining me here, for taking time out of your busy to join me on my live podcast. Happy New Year, and uh, thank you so much for because it looks like both of you are my clients, and oh my god, I have like two eyes here. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> World domination plans. 
<laughs> yeah, so, so this is the, um, yeah, so these are my two INTJ clients. So um, you guys are my world domination squad. Um, your, your motto is try to take over the world, right? <laughs> you guys are laughing. <laughs> I'm I'm joking with you guys and you guys are laughing. Yeah, this is my this is Pinky and the Brain show. <laughs> Which one of you is Pinky? Which one is Brain? <laughs> do you guys, uh, Ian, do you watch Pinky and the Brain? Do you know that show? Oh, the, I cannot hear clearly. Do you know that show? Pinky and the Brain? Have you heard that show? Pinky in the Brain? Pinky and the Brain. Yeah. It's a cartoon. It's about a, it's about two mice that are trying to take over the world. It's it's two two mice. Okay, I I will search it on the Google. <laughs> it's um you know hai con chuột nó bị bắt and nó ở trong cái cái lá you know mấy cái người mà yeah research make a oh. little scientific research and then, so, and, so i and i and the part are the mice in the lab <laughs> yes <laughs> so basically picky and the brain are like two mice that are lab rats they've been captured by humans and they do uh, testing on them in the laboratory to see how the, the mice react but anyway oh. so their fantasy is to you know they live inside the laboratory human laboratory but their dream is to take over the world <laughs> and and every day it's their plan every day they make a plan to escape and take over the world you know <laughs> So, so you know my husband he kind of jokes with me right he he kind of pretends like he's pinky the other mouse and, and sometimes he says to me you know what are we gonna do today and the line is you know brain's line is we do every day pinky try <laughs> over the world right <laughs> Every cartoon is like that. Every episode is, what are we going to do today, right? And he goes, what we do every day. <laughs> to take over the world. Every day. So every day they try to take over the world. That's the, the plan. Um, it's every day, constantly, you know. And, and of course, <laughs> something happens. But you have to watch that show. But, but that, that's like the INTJ stick, you know. In their mind, they're going to take over the world, but it's only in their mind. It's not like <laughs> it's only in their oh, mind. No. <laughs> That's their wet dream, wet fantasies to take over the world. But obviously, you know, they're they're in a lab, right? They're captive by humans, and they're being experimented on, you know. But they still have this fantasy that they're going to take over the world. So, you know, that's why I'm here is to help you. You know, make it reality. <laughs> you guys are not. I'm sorry. This is like grilling INTJs now. 
you will take over the world. <laughs> and it's every day you try but fail. You know, it's, it's never <laughs> so you have to try every day. Um, but anyway, so welcome to my podcast. Um, you know, I uh, th- there were several several things that prompted me to start this podcast. It, it was it wasn't just one event, but it was a series of several events in just su- succession succession meaning in a row and it's been happening for a long time you know one of those events was me me having a conversation with my husband of course he gets on the phone to call me and have a light and breezy talk but it ended up being a a pep talk you know he he wanted me to fly bitch fly he wanted me to do something there's something that my husband has been wanting me to do and he's been wanting me to do it for a long time, but I have not watched. You know, if you have this fantasy, like, you know, try to take over the world, but you never do it, and it's every day you try, but it never happens. So that's kind of, you know. <laughs> so, relate to you guys. I have my own moment where I, I'm mindset. You're trying, but you're dying. Trying is dying. You know, Uh, we're just saying trying is dying. But anyway, so my husband has been wanting me to do this one thing, but it's I've been stuck in failure to launch mode, and I don't know why. So it's not like I have a fear of. Um, oh, by the way, he, he did not put me up to this podcast. It was not his idea. My husband did not put me up to the podcast. Hello, we just have a new, um, Hello. A new, member, a new visitor. Do you want to introduce yourself? Hello, my name is Huyin. Hi, Huyin. Welcome to our podcast. Hello. Hi, Tui. <laughs> I was I was just um you, you missed it, but I was just welcoming the two INTJs in our group, <laughs> and I was I was telling them how this is like the the world domination squad. It's the Pinky and the Brain Squad. Have you watched that TV show? It's it's an American cartoon called Pinky and the Brain. Mm, I think I saw it a few times on TV, but I didn't watch it. Uh, the full episodes or anything. Okay. Well, well, those are my INTJ clients. I was kind of using them as an example. Oh, okay. <laughs> we have Pinky on the Brain on the show. <laughs> Two of them. <laughs> and anyway, it was just a fun little banter. Yeah, so this is my second podcast, and I just wanted to talk about uh, what prompted me to do this was well. Successive events, one of it being my husband. There's been something he's been wanting me to do for a long time, but I was stuck in career to launch it. I haven't done it. And it was one of the reasons why I started this podcast. It was to, you know, get into the groove of just because my husband wanted me to speak. And I won't get into it, but that's one of the things he wanted me to do is it's just talking. And a podcast is something I've always 
had on my list for a long time. It was my but I just never did. I just never got into it. Uh, so it's not like I have a fear of doing a podcast. It wasn't anything like that involved. It's just that I have not organized myself or made the decision to to do it. You know, I was just stuck doing something else, being distracted. And so I've never done a podcast before. So it's not like, so when I, when I came up with the idea to do it, you guys, there's a lot of background noise in the background. Yeah, yeah. I hear a lot of. I don't know if it's just me or. <laughs> is is someone like washing clothes or something? <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of background noise, and it, it's really like can someone like mute. Yeah. It sounds like someone is sitting near a fan or sitting near a washing machine. <laughs> okay, I think it's mine. Is someone washing clothes? <laughs> no, it's not my fan. It's your fan? In Malaysia, yeah, it's the fan. British-style electrical machine. Yeah, we're having technical difficulties here. Yeah, if, if, if you... So on audio, they can hear everything, right? So this is being recorded live. So if you, you have a dog or a bird or chickens in the background, um, it's going to pick up on everything. So you may want to try to control the background noise or put yourself on. But anyway, I want to get back into, you know, why I started this podcast. It was just something that, you know, I... I was led to do to connect with my followers and to connect with them on a deep, intimate level. Because a lot of people found me on Facebook or Instagram or my blog. And um, another event, other than my husband, was a client who she almost complained. Like she expressed this, she felt so like, what was it? You know who she is. Um, she's not on here. I was hoping she would join. But I have a client who who voiced her concern about how different I sound or how different I communicate on Facebook inside my group to the Empress versus how I communicate with her in private coaching. So in, in private coaching, it's it's a very fun experience. We, you know, she gets on and we talk, we hang out and I'm coaching her and it's a lovely experience. She really feels like she's a very important VIP business client. She, she feels like queen, empress, top lady, VIP, and that she's being taken care of with white velvet gloves. Now that's the level of care and intensity that I give my clients once they book a consult and we're one-on-one -on -one. it's like a visit to the doctor except not so scary <laughs> it's you know like yeah i mean when you go to a doctor it's a very personal and private experience you fill out a form and they ask you for a lot of information and that's what i do before i even speak to you you're going to get a list of questionnaires yeah, like long quiz, questionnaires. questionnaire and yes and depending on what your need is, I may send you several questionnaires, you know, 
Now, Huyen, you haven't really booked a session with me yet. Uh, the other girls have. Actually, I um, sent you an email uh, booking a consultation with you, but then I figured out that I have to pay you by, through PayPal, and I, I don't have <laughs> the cards and the accounts for that. <laughs> so yeah. it just stopped there. Yeah, yeah technical difficulty. <laughs> <laughs> technical difficulty. <laughs> Um, but uh, so that was a while back. I, I think that was a few years yeah. ago. Now I have my practice, and if anyone's listening to me now and were to try to book a consult with me now, I just wanted to inform you ahead of time. Um, I will. So once you book, I ask that you book a few days out, like you know maybe five days. Like I can't do emergency consultations for a brand new client so it is like signing up to see a doctor for the very first time you will need to make an appointment it needs to be well in advance just so that I have time to do a client onboarding process mm -hmm. and in that process I'm going to ask you a lot of questions I will send you several emails one of them is which you know I'm going to send you a list of all the rules books because as a certified rules coach I want to make sure that we're on the same page and that you have all the resources that are available to you, which is the rules. I mean, the books are very easy yeah. and uh, inexpensive to access. So I, I feel like the books are uh, the best resource to go to. So if you don't have money for coaching, just buy the books, read the books, you can help yourself, right? So the books are self-help materials. It's a good reference. So please, you know, save yourself uh, time, money, um, you know, like I, I'm not chasing after clients. I don't need to have new clients all the time. You know, there's a book there that you can help yourself. And uh, also, because I am a rules coach, my philosophy is based on those books. So I will assume that you have already read those books. Not only have you read it, but you understand it enough and that you understand the importance of doing it and that you've actually tried to do it. And, you know, reality isn't always happening the same way as the yes. book, right? The, the book doesn't answer every single question that's happening in your reality. So you want a tactical <laughs> session with me. So I'm a tactician. That's what I am. I'm a, I'm a grandmaster tactician. I'm very good at tactics, very specific actions that produce a specific outcome, right? So if you want to achieve this result, I know exactly how to organize a plan for you, for your specific, your specific situation based on, you know, your age, your background, your station in life, where you are with this relationship and this guy. So it's, so consultations are so specific it, um, that I don't even share what I share with my clients privately on the Facebook because it's so specific to that person. Mm -hmm. It's so specific that if I were to share, for example, if I were to share Deepa's, the, the advice I give to Deepa to someone else like mm -hmm. Quinn, who has a completely different person, it would screw yeah. her up. It, it would mess her up. Like, you know, let's say Quinn, you know, she's new. And she wants to, you know, get some cheat mm. sheets. She's a student, wants to be a student of 
Miss Kim, and she says, hey, Deepa, can you share your consultation notes with me? What did what did Miss Kim teach you? Deepa can share her notes with you, and you would read it, and it would screw you over. Yeah. It, 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 right? What do you think, Deepa? I, I want to hear. Yes. Even if uh, Yen and I are the same personality type, we, are, we have different approaches and different lifestyle and personality and upbringing. So... Um, even though we are the same personality yeah, type, it'd be very different for the both of us. Right. So your your ages are different. You live in a different country, yes. different area. You have different job, like different line of work. Ian is, uh, she works in corporate. Mm -hmm. she, right, Ian? You're... Ian, did you, want, did you want to say something? Did you want to confirm your line of work? You work in corporate, right? I can't hear Ian. Oh, I can't hear. Well, anyway, it, it doesn't matter. But, you know, Ian's in corporate and, and Deepa is in nonprofit, mm. for example. And your line of work, and this is why I asked for your, your profession, your line of work, what you do for a living, you know, that, that is your station in life. And it does dictate certain situations and certain people you attract into your life. Do yes. you agree? Yes. So, so yeah, what you choose to do for a living, it, it does change a lot. Even if you have the same personality type and you're the same age, whatever. So, so there's a lot of things. And, and that's why, you know, I need to tell people this right now is it tips are, is not a substitute for private coaching and you know tips is not education there's no such thing as tips only education so all the people who are following me on facebook and reading tips you're really just getting one percent of what i really do which is unfortunate i mean the people who just follow and read those tips they really miss out because in one hour of coaching, it's it's very uh, in-depth and specific and concrete and very powerful. And that's why it produces incredible results, like unbelievable results. And, and that's why the clients who work with me, um, they keep calling me back because they get addicted to results. They're addicted to success and the ability to fulfill their ambition. So um, anyway, so the whole podcasting, um, the reason why I'm doing this is, is because speaking is my natural means of communicating. I prefer to speak over writing. You know, for me, writing is, is very frustrating. It takes time. It takes focus. And I have to edit it and, you know, make sure it comes across right. And even when I... And also when I write, I want to make sure that I'm very clear, clear, succinct, concise, powerful, effective. And when people read it, they, of course, they understand, they get it, but it, it's missing a lot. The text that comes across in social media through writing, it, it doesn't capture my personality. It doesn't capture my energy. In fact, everybody thinks I'm an INTJ. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm checking to see what's INTJ. Everybody thinks oh. everybody online 
thinks I'm an INTJ. That's the first thing they assume. From what they read on in Facebook. Fact, yeah, j just from what's in, yeah, just by following me on, on Facebook and reading my posts or so just reading my mm -hmm. writing, they think I'm an INTJ. They're confident. They're so confident I'm an INTJ. <laughs> And not, nothing could be further from the truth. I am so not an <laughs> INTJ, in, in, like not even close. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, you know, and I have two INTJs here on on the podcast, <laughs> and I'm roasting them. I'm roasting. <laughs> I'm, I'm roasting my students, calling them, you know, Pinky and the Brain. You know, the the World Domination Squad. You know, they they try every day, but you know. <laughs> that means they didn't make it <laughs> if they have to try every day. They didn't <laughs> still trying every day. <laughs> and that's why he he asked that question every day. What are we gonna do today? <laughs> what we do Try to take over the world, right? Because it never happens, <laughs> but they still try. <laughs> but my my personality type is the type that gets it done. And that's why the INTJs are calling me because they need a way to get it done instead of trying. It's like, quit trying and get it done. Get, why haven't you done it already, right? Like my husband. <laughs> so um, I know some of you guys are MBTI enthusiasts. And there's a meme or a chart that, that says, um, the title is, I'm sorry you must die. And it, and it tells, it has a list of how each personality type says, I'm sorry, you must die, right? <laughs> and, and the INTJs are like, you know, I don't understand why no one has already killed you yet, you know? Like, why didn't it already happen? <laughs> that, that's what they're thinking silently. They don't say it out loud, but that's what they, they think that silently. So no one ever, <laughs> right? Well, they're like, why hasn't someone told you already? <laughs> <laughs> and and the ENTJ is is like, you know, you know, his their version of "I'm sorry, you must die" is is you know, hurry up now. I, I've got more people to you know <laughs> to execute. Hurry, we don't have all day. You know, it's taking so long. Like, why have you know? So he's like, hurry up. I'm on a schedule here. You know, keep them rolling. Right. Anyway, um, where was I? So there I go. Um, so, so anyway, uh, I have I had a new client this week, book a consult, and and she listened to my podcast, and she's an INFP, which which is actually one of the highest, uh, the the top two ranking types that call me for oh. coaching. So the number one type that calls me for coaching is INFJ. That's number one. Like, like the rules, pages, and groups is totally dominated by INFJs. They dominate. In fact, it's not just the rules group. If you join any Facebook group, it's dominated by INFJ. So I have, you know, my Facebook group, which is my personality type. And it's not really filled with people who are my type. People who are my type are only 20%. The rest of the 80% is the INF types that dominate 
that group. They're the ones asking the most questions. They're trying to figure out how to hack people like me, how to date, seduce, and hack people with my personality type. So, and that's how I feel about the rules groups. I feel like it's it's mostly non-rules people trying to learn how to do the rules. <laughs> I mean, if, if you really want to learn about the rules, don't join a rules group. It's, it's mostly non, and I'm not saying this to be rude or mean. I understand it's, it's basically people trying to learn and, and I respect that. I appreciate that. So it's just like, you know, um, I'm in a group called Japan Travel for people who don't know anything about Japan. That's, so I'm in a Japan Travel group so that I can learn about Japan because I'm not Japanese, right? So it's usually the non-people who join the groups to learn about whatever that subject mm. is. So, you know, and even Deepa, she left her INTJ group because it was a bunch of non-INTJs griping and complaining and trolling about INTJs, right? Do you want to share about that? I mean, you, you left yeah. your own group, yeah. your own type. You, you left your people. Uh, yeah, there, there are a few groups. I think there's like the matured group that has more matured INTJs. And then there was a junior group that had a lot mm. of trolls who, you know, uh, were saying how cold-hearted we were. And um, I don't know where that was coming from. And they, they, they were trying to, yeah. I think, just provoke the INTJs to respond. And it was really annoying mm. because we are not, um, like mean or anything, we are just systems persons. So we are really strategic, and we really want to help. If we if we ever want to help people, mm -hmm. we have a methodological and systematic long term approach. We try. <laughs> so that's why the group was not productive to learn. You're about like who okay, I am. bye. So I left that group. <laughs> okay, bye. So that's one of my hashtags. Okay, is okay, bye, bye everyone. <laughs> okay, and I have a you know. okay <laughs> bye <laughs> but Kim I would recommend um, those who are learning about their MBTI to just maybe join to kind of understand the beginning <laughs> once they get a grasp of who they are then I yeah. think yeah, that makes they can sense. leave. So, anyone who is who is learning <laughs> about yourself, about your type, uh, you know, self development, self help, I do recommend that you find out about your type. And there's different typology systems. You know, a very universal, popular one is MBTI. Like I said, it's it's very universal and popular in the English speaking world. Uh, most people in North America and Europe know that tool. I don't know how popular it is in Asia. Um, in Asia, I know that there's a Chinese system called Bazi Profiling with Joey Yap, and he is a personality profiling specialist who is in Malaysia. I believe he's, he's in Kuala Lumpur and, and Deepa knows him. I think you have family members who have gone to his seminars, but he's, he specializes in helping highly accomplished, highly valued business professionals in Southeast Asia. So he's the guru for 
personality typing in in Southeast Asia. Uh, I think he combines it with feng shui and stuff like that. So, for example, one of my Bazi profiles is seven killings star. I have a high percentage of seven killings. And I know that sounds scary, but um, it basically means the warrior. And I don't need to get into that, but if you wanted to Google it or find out about it, you can just Google seven killings star to find out what that personality profile is. But I have like nine, over 90% of that personality in, like there's 10 traits and I have 90, over 90% of that. But it means the warrior or the general and um i had a consultation done by someone in malaysia who is a bazi consultant and i i did it just because i was curious about peach blossom i wasn't even you know interested in or knowledgeable about, about seven killings or all the other stars but i was curious about peach blossom but then she had to focus on you know what my main type is what my main profile is and you know seven killings is very high super high up there and um she said that's the trait that well she said that most women cannot handle another woman with seven killings that's what she said um it, it would be it's hard for them to to listen to uh, that type um it's she said it's it's known as the quote unquote bitch persona. You know, it's it's boss bitch energy. So that's yeah. <laughs> boss bitch energy. Yeah. So you know, a lot of women cannot handle that type, but men love it. Men find it very refreshing and attractive. So I don't have any difficulty whatsoever with with men I, I get along very well with men and in fact they're they're very comfortable with that type you know because i'm well because i'm direct i'm honest i'm not afraid to speak the truth um i mean there, there's there's a lot of things about that person but but it, it's probably why a lot of women and it's only women who might feel intimidated by me uh, I don't consider myself an intimidating person. I consider myself a fun person, but I try not to show that side too much because, you know, especially if I'm, I'm the coach and I'm the professional and if I am to speak and present myself in a certain way, I will be professional. And, you know, not that I, I'm against having fun, but that side is, is generally reserved for people I'm close to, such as my family, my friends. And of course, clients, when they book a session with me, they, when we get intimate, and that's what coaching is, it's a very intimate session. You know, I, I say things in, and I'm just being honest. I'm not trying to be funny or anything, but, but they start laughing and, and they find it very amusing. So I, I can be a fun person, but I don't try to show that too much because it's, I'm, I'm trying to be professional. So I'm a coach. I'm not a comedian. Does that make sense? I just want, I just want to make sure that I'm not there to be funny. I'm not trying to be cute, funny, or entertaining. I'm not an entertainer. I'm an educator. Does yeah. that make sense? Mm -hmm.
Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, people won't take me seriously. They'll just think, you know, I'm I'm yeah. joking all the time. And I do put a lot of, you know, snarky stuff on my personal stuff on my personal Facebook. I do. I, mean, I, I like to put snarky, funny things just for for fun because that's part of my personality. There is a, a humor side. Um, but anyway, what prompted me to to do this? anchor podcast with several things my husband and then this other client um you know she was an infp and she booked because she i think she listened to my podcast and you know decided to come on board with me and and actually she just joined our empath group today like she after our first consultation she said that okay what did she say i'll I'll read it here so she said hi kim i hope you're well I'm interested in getting coached by you. I'm an INFP, soft-hearted, and have low self-esteem. I'm, and I'm working on that. So that's that's all I needed to know. I mean, it's it's this is great. It's so if you're interested in coaching with me, it's good that you already know your type. Um, it's very important that you have some self-awareness. So with MBTI or any kind of personality typology. I would read up on it and see what it says, just so that you can see yourself objectively as others see you. We all have blind spots and I'm not an exception. That's why, you know, I, I talk to, for example, I'll talk to my husband and and I'll talk to my friends and I also have introverted friends and, and and I talk to them to get their perspective. So I learned a lot from them just, just by, you know, bouncing ideas with them about MBTI. So it's good. You, you already have a leg up if you have some awareness of your personality type. It's really important that you see yourself objectively as others see you so that you can self-reflect and self-correct your, your behavior. Things that could cause people to, um, well, could cause alienation, you know, could cause people to um, move away from you, right? It's called law of repulsion, right? So there's law of attraction, and then there's law of repulsion. So if you do things that are are anti-seductive and, you know, unattractive, people will feel less and less attracted to you. So, the biggest thing about coaching, the rules and self-development, why do we have all these rules? We have all these rules so that we can get along with people. And so, so that so, so the rules are specific set of behaviors that make you seem more or less attractive to the opposite sex with men in, in the specifically in the area of courtship. So I, my specialty really is romance. Like my ultimate goal is to help ladies be successful in achieving and experiencing the highest level of romantic love. Now, before you can get there, you have to become the ideal romantic partner for the opposite sex. You have to be able to embody and project that image 
for that guy. And it just needs to be one guy. It doesn't have to be every guy. Okay. So you also, part of this, you also need to accept that not every guy is going to be into your type and it's nothing personal. It doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you. It, it just means that guy is not for you. And so don't take it personally. You know, you don't need to get upset, uh, you know, or hurt. I mean, obviously it's, it's, you know, it feels hurtful if someone doesn't accept us, but it just means that person is not the ideal match for us. They're, they're either not the ideal match or not a vibrational match. Anyway, I've, I've been talking about a lot of different things. Here. Does anyone want to ask me anything for, you know, since you're all here? Do you ever get your energy drained when you get too intimate to your with your clients? Hi. Yes. Um, yeah. So th this is Huyen, right? Mm -hmm. You're asking yeah. me if I ever get drained when I'm yeah. intimate with my clients? How, how do mean, you mean? Not right, intimate with your clients, but like when you're coaching, but just because you said coaching is an intimate relationship. So when you're uh -huh. that close to your clients and you, you have to... Uh -huh. uh, be close to so many people like that do you ever get your energy drained and what do you do when that happens um, so there's a paradox in that. that that's a good question and I'm glad you asked me that so um, I'm the type of person that gets energy from mm. talking to people and that, that's why I prefer to coach and that's why I've been coaching for so long and I'm good at it and very effective at it and that's also how I think so when the clients get on the session with me like once we're on I'm on like like there's like my superpowers come out and and there's a side of me that comes out that nobody else sees even my family doesn't see it so I, I'm not coachy with my family I'm like you know, teaching everybody sees me as the big sister. So I'm the big sister and they look up to me, but I don't try to coach anybody. You know, I don't try to coach. And even my, my aunts, my family, you know, I'm, they're well aware of what I do kind of, I mean, but I'm not coaching with my family. I'm not coaching with my little brothers and I'm not coaching with my, my friends. But when I'm with my client, they they get access to my superpowers. And um, so to answer your question, yes, I, I do get drained, but after a long while. So the thing is, it's like, it's almost like running. Like, listen, you're an athlete. And athletes, they get a high off. Of running so when they run obviously it, it's physical yeah. exertion right obviously you get tired running but when athletes run and they're fit and you know i'm not a, a sports therapist or, or you know i'm not an athlete but i do know that when you're performing uh, yeah. even music a, a singer a dancer, actress, when they're performing, yeah. some people get a high off performing. So when I'm coaching, mm. I'm performing. 
And I do get a high off of coaching and speaking with my clients, being intimate with them. Um, now, the draining part isn't the speaking and coaching. It's trying to understand where they're coming from because most of my clients are, they come from a different world than I do. Um, they're very different. They come from a different narrative. Mm-hmm. Narrative is like a story. Let's just call it a movie, right? They have a different movie. So for me to help my clients and get intimate, I have to like get inside their, their cave. and like I have to crawl in there, get inside, look around wa- and watch the movie or movies yeah. that they have inside because they may have they may have several movies mm. and I've never seen these movies. Like I've, it's like a foreign language to me. And I'm, you know, I'm in this cave. I'm wandering around trying to, you know, figure out what, what these mm. movies are, what they mean. And it's in a foreign language. Right. And I'm trying to understand what they're talking, what the hell they're talking about and why they think what they think and why they do what mm. they do. Why would they do this? Right. I'm trying to understand. So that's why knowing your personality that compresses the time it takes for me to get to know you. And quite honestly, I don't need the MBTI. I'm at a point where I'm very good at reading people. So I use MBTI to help you understand yourself better. And if you know MBTI, it's like a language. It's like if you've read the rules, the rules has a language, right? Like Mr. Right, buyer beware, you know, does the sign words that the rules uses, um, dead zone. So, so those are popular terms that if you know the rules you everybody knows what dead zone is everybody knows what mr right is buyer beware or um what is it there's all kinds of acronyms but anyway if you know mbti i use that as a tool to communicate with my clients to help them understand themselves but you know i don't need mbti it's but it makes the process more fast uh, because here's the thing. Most of you are coming to me as an adult. I didn't, I'm, I'm not your kindergarten teacher. I'm not your Sunday school teacher. I didn't, you know, I'm not the one you, you spend every single day within class. Yeah. Like Quinn, you're a teacher, right? And you have a classroom and you see your students, what, every day, every week, or how many times? Uh, how often do you see your students? A few times a week. Depends on the class. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, but it's a class, right? And it it goes. Yeah. It has several sessions a week, right? Okay, so people yeah. just call me once in a while, like mm-hmm. one out of the blue, and there's all these events in your life. This you have several movies mm-hmm. inside your mind cave that I don't know about. I, so I, what's draining for me is I have to get in there and learn about you, how you think, why you think, the way you think. And then to solve the problem, like to, most people come to me because they suffer from what I call mental entrapment. And mental entrapment is caused by uh, fears, social conditioning, upbringing, childhood, family, background, religion even. You know, so it's, it's things that you learn from the home, from your parents, your family, siblings, the next thing could be your church. The next thing is, um, you know, church or Sunday school, whoever your religious leaders are. The third thing would be school, 
whatever you learned in private school or public school. And the fourth thing is all the media channels that you are exposed to, such as TV, movies, radio, music, movies, Hollywood, social media, blogs, articles. So all, all these four different things are, you are already influenced by those four things hmm. from the age of two to 10. It's only been cemented in your head. Past the age of 10, it's very hard to change those concepts later in life. So what's draining for me is, it's not necessarily just getting intimate with my client, but is having to convince them that everything they've learned is inaccurate, flawed, and weak, or outdated. For example, you know, I'm going to use, Deepa, do you mind if I use you as an example? Okay, so you um, you once said you wanted, like ever since you were a child, you Mm. wanted to be a dancer. Okay, well, I, I don't believe you. Yes. You, you, you say that to me and to everyone in the group, but I don't believe you. I see no evidence, and I've coached you for like 10 years. And throughout those, throughout, let's say seven, at least seven of those, I've never seen any evidence of you showing any remote interest in any kind of dancing whatsoever. The only thing you've ever talked to me about was world domination dance. You have this obsession, this 24-hour obsession with world domination. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with it. I'm not making fun of you. But you've never once mentioned to me or even shown me pictures or events of ballet or you know Latin dancing or tango, anything to do with dance. You have one mode, and it's try to take over the world, and that's it, nothing else. No, I think that's interesting. (laughs) So when you tell me that you're interested in dance, I'm like, you're crazy. (laughs) You're crazy. <laughs> you are you are not interested in dancing. There's nothing about you that tells me that you are look, I I'm not a professional dancer, okay? But do you know how many dance shoes I have with mm-hmm. me right now in my possession? I have ballet shoes. I have two pairs of ballet shoes. I have a, you know, three pairs of tango shoes and two pairs of salsa shoes. And I keep them, not only do I keep them in my car with me always in case I go dancing, but they're with me here in Thailand. I brought them with me in my suitcase in case I go dancing here in, that. that's a dancer, a, a, a real dancer. They have evidence of yeah. dancing, for example, they, they carry dance shoes. So, like, what's in your trunk, Quinn? Do you maybe you have a yoga mat? Maybe you have dance. Shoes. I don't know. So, some people have a, a bicycle, like bicycle gear, in the back of their car because they go bicycling. 
But Debo, you know, the whole for the, the first seven years at least, it, it wasn't until the seventh year that you told me that you signed up for a ballet class and Pilates and then salsa dancing in Penang. But that's because I have hammered it into your hard head for the past seven years repeatedly. You're laughing. Why are you laughing? This is funny. <laughs> <laughs> if I, I read a, I read a belly book. <laughs> okay, and then she encouraged women. She let us marry Helen Bowers. She, she she encouraged women that you know it's okay if you're old enough, you can still do something in the ballet um, class. And I met my classmate who was a ballet teacher since was a ballet dancer since she was small. So she really gave me the confidence um, to dance as an adult. So there was an adult class in playing. So I was so happy. And then, yeah. And now because of Kim's encouragement, I, I was also inspired to be a Pilates teacher so that I could help <laughs> other former, other former world domination, ambitious people and other <laughs> So thanks to Kim. <laughs> I feel like I'm a different I, I mean, person. I know you're not lying to me. I know you're not a dishonest person, but you know, I'm seeing a lack of congruence between what you say and what you do. Okay. I look at what you do. And I'm sorry, but reading is reading a book about ballet is not the same thing as dancing ballet. It's not the same thing as, you know, putting on tights. Two two and putting on point twos and doing plie A's at the bar and you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So reading isn't dancing. If you're reading, you're not reading because you can't read and dance at the same time. And and to me, reading doesn't count. You know, if you don't have a tutu with ballet shoes on and you're not sweating, you're not doing ballet. Reading about it is not um, yeah. not the same thing as doing. I'm sorry. Um, and, and that's kind of what I have to like, yeah. and I'm sorry to yeah. burst your bubble, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah, and so, so. No, it's, it's true. It's, it's kind of about five years ago and I thought, Looking back, it's kind of silly to actually to me, I mean, if buy a book about I ballet. I have a ballet book. It's going to sit on the coffee table as like a decoration. It's it's, it's there to make my my living room look well read or something. But I, I don't think I'd be reading it. It would just be, you know, a coaster yeah. to hold my coffee. You, you know, so, so I'm a doer and I look at results. I, I'm a bottom line person. So... So, you know, when Deepa says she's reading a book about ballet, it's like brain saying, trying to take over the world, you know, like, like trying, but not really doing it in reality. So again, there's, there's, there's a difference between what we think, what we feel versus what we actually, versus what we actually say and versus yeah. what we actually do. So people don't always, you know, do what they say and they don't always do what they think and I'm trying to you know get my 
introverted clients to get that. So they have a lot of ideas. They have a lot of fantasies, a lot of dreams. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's good to dream. It's good to want. My my husband says that a lot. It's good to want. Are you laughing, Deepa? Are you laughing? Why are you laughing? Why are you laughing? It's good to want. I feel like we are like Yen and I could be those mice thinking the brain in the cage and then we are waiting for the warrior to kind of like un- unhook us from outside. In the meantime, we are in the cage planning our plot. Yeah, you're planning on, you're plotting your world domination and I'm waiting for it to happen. I'm like, when? It, why hasn't it happened yet? Why haven't you taken over the world yet? You know, hurry up already. I'm, I'm waiting. You know, what's Sorry taking so long? Uh, it's very nice uh, listening to your podcast, but I gotta go now. Yeah, yeah, it's very late in my oh. area. So, bye. okay, it's really late. Thanks for joining us. I wasn't <laughs> trying to carry on so long, but anyway, yeah. um, thanks for joining us, Quinn. It was lovely having yeah, good night to you all, and have Bye-bye. a good night. Bye. 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 Hello, is everyone still there? Okay, so anyway, I wasn't sure how long this would yes. go. You know, I didn't have an outline or topic ready, but, and I, I didn't know who would show up and, you know, or how this conversation would go. But anyway, so um, that's kind of what I'm here for is to help you align what you want with reality. Like, like a lot of you are dreams unmanifested and that's where my job comes in my, my job is is giving you specific concrete actions to help you get things done in the most elegant and efficient manner so anyway we're almost at an hour here does anyone else have anything to add before we sign off yes i have a questions for okay. doing the rules, we uh, need the boundaries with men, but I usually uh, like to make the joke or tease or flirt with a certain type of man, just for fun. So it's okay? So you like to joke around with certain yeah. types of men? And what do the rules say? Because the rules uh, advise us have to have the boundaries with the men. So mm-hmm. it's okay to maybe just make the joke or tease or uh, flirt with the men. And it, I don't know if it's uh, breaking rules or not. Okay, so it depends on how well you, like, how did you meet these men? What is the context? Are they, um, are they classmates? Are they co-workers? Are they, so I need to know their station in life. What is their station? What is their relationship with you? Is it a brother? Is it maybe your brother's friend? a neighborhood friend that knows your family for a long time 
okay? Uh, is it a classmate, a coworker, a boss? So, uh, you know, the rules specifically about courtship, dating, specifically about a suitor. And a suitor is someone who has romantic interest in you and they're pursuing you. So in the beginning, when, if there is, you have a suitor, which is a man who is approaching you and pursuing you with the intention of having a romantic relationship, they advise women to be um, probably a bit serious, more formal. Do you understand? Like in the beginning, when, when a man is approaching you, and of course the rules, I think it caters a lot to women who are online dating online dating or you're you're meeting new men that you don't know and they're approaching you trying to ask you out pursue a romantic relationship with you you should be cool aloof a bit distant and um they they encourage women to not well they do encourage you to laugh at his joke so if a man makes a joke then of course laugh at it if it's funny now if of course, if you don't think it's funny, then don't laugh. But if a guy is making jokes, you can laugh at his jokes. But when you laugh, you know, this is, well, they say you can laugh, but this is my suggestion. I suggest that you smile, not laugh too much. Because part of saying jokes for a man, he has a strategy. So when, when he has a strategy to pursue you, win you over. One of the taxes is to make you comfortable. And he may try to make you feel comfortable by making jokes to see how, how you would react, to see your reaction and to, to test. When a guy is looking for a reaction, he's trying to test, see your compatibility. Like, can she, does she get it? Do we have the same type of humor is she easygoing is she smart because having a sense of humor and, and being able to laugh is a sign of intelligence but because if you didn't think it was funny then you you didn't get it it, it meant you're probably too slow or you just you know a uh, lower iq seriously and I, I don't mean to be rude but you know you have to be socially uh, fluent so Hopefully he's not going to say anything stupid or mean or derogatory. It will be genuinely funny, witty, and clever. So you're encouraged, you know, to laugh at his jokes if they're funny. The the rules advises women to like the problem is some women will try to make jokes in order to impress a guy when he's the one who should be impressing you, right? Are you with me? Hello? Okay. Hi, Kim. I'm here. Yeah. So anyway, I'll, I'll just go ahead and, and finish what I was saying. Um, I think it's okay for women to laugh at a guy's jokes. I think it's okay for her to, to joke back, but not, I mean, it all depends on how, how poised and how socially fluent she is. I have a tendency to joke back and I'm very sharp mm -hmm. and I'm, I'm very bold and confident and direct and guys like that, you know, it, it, um, it surprises them. 
and it, it but they find it refreshing they, they like it. I'm, I'm very punchy by the way i mean i i don't hold anything back and i'm unapologetic about it but you know guys like that but that's my personality type and and I don't have that issue. But if you're the type of person who's trying to be funny and you're not, then it's just bad. I mean, it, it just looks, um, I mean, that's the thing. There are, there are women who just, they don't have that type of personality to be funny. So when they try to be funny, it's not, it's actually pathetic. It's embarrassing. Like, oh, you know, it, <laughs> oops, you know, it, it, it just looks socially awkward and weird. So the rules book, you know, it's not a person that can gauge your energy, your personality. So, so some women, if you have a good, so Ian, are you laughing, Deepa? Yes. <laughs> Why are you laughing? Um. Because I, I think sometimes people may misunderstand the rules and I think that's why we need a bridge to get uh, to get between the book and your teaching scheme because um, I was taught on the, in the Peach Blossom and um, Time Stand Still. I'm still learning, Kim. I'm still learning, but um, I do realise that if you follow just the rules blatantly without any analysis and application, you may look like a robot on those days. Mm guys so that that's why i think it's so important to have coaching especially to apply the skills and have a face-to-face -face, uh consult and you know a discussion with the with you on the video um so that you, you gain better social fluency right so that's the thing you know should you joke with guys uh it depends on how socially fluent you are yeah. like again who are these guys how well do they know you. Do you speak the same language? For example, Ian is Chinese. And because of her background and her language, she may be able to joke with Chinese people. Mm -hmm. And it's it's awesome. It's it's fun. It's all yeah. it's great. You yes. know, but me, I'm not Chinese. And if I try to joke with them, I probably sound stupid. You know, I mean, if I don't understand what's going on in the so everything is contextual. Right. So I think the rules is trying to be conservative. Mm -hmm. They lean on the conservative side. They try to be safe and they advise you to not joke and not try to be funny because otherwise you can look stupid if you try. Yeah. Like, like if you are not me and you try, you look, it, it's sad. It's, it, you know, it's, it's not funny. It's like, oh, you know, I mean, it's, it looks really sad. Yeah. Um, and, and so the other thing is like, I don't try to be funny either. I'm just blunt and people find it funny. Like Deepa has been laughing the whole time and I'm not trying to be funny. I'm, I'm like seriously coaching here. I'm just, you know, trying to share a message and, you know, Deepa's back there cracking up and rolling on the floor laughing probably. Right. So as you can see, you know, just from this audio, I'm not trying to be funny, but people are laughing. So, so, so again, it depends on the personality. I'm just direct. I'm just being myself and I don't hold back, but my clients find it funny. She's saying, I'm not trying to be funny. So I, I, I would agree with the rules. Don't try to be funny. Yeah. 
Um, if, if what you say is funny, it will come out naturally and people will laugh, but don't, don't try because then it looks bad. Yeah. It, it looks pathetic. Yeah. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah. And also, and also Kim, just want to highlight that um, different men have different kind of personality types. So if you go there and you are safe, then it, it may give a different uh, impression of who you are and your social fluency. Because the men that you uh, talk to and socialize with is different. So what you are teaching us is to socialize with different types of men. And you might discover your Mr. Right may be different. And you already have these skills available when you want to meet the, your own Mr. Right. 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 So when it comes to jokes and humors, I would let the guy lead yeah. in that. Let them, well, ro romantically. In dating, I will side with the rules. I will coach you to be more formal, but also maintain a light and like you don't want to be the jokester you don't what the rules is teaching against is don't be the comedian don't be the funny girl do you understand like have you have you watched those stand-up comedian shows and there are funny women like don't try to be the funny girl on the date you you do want to maintain um a coy reserved rather serious demeanor like i said in the beginning you want to be more reserved and like i said the rules much of the rules is about the beginning stages like the first few dates and the first few months does that make sense but if you met well if you meet guys like me in, in a more natural social setting where it's a lot of people like it's a group and everybody's kind of joking then it's different than a one-on-one -on -one date. Does that make sense? So if you're in a group, like I know Vietnamese people, they tend to hang out in groups first and everybody starts out as friends in the beginning. So everyone's kind of joking around to kind of break the ice, get everybody comfortable, have more familiarity. And that's the other thing. Um, Joking too much, it does, it's a double-edged sword. Sometimes it's good to be familiar and sometimes it's not. And that's a delicate balance that you have to make that decision according to each situation. Like you don't want to be too casual or too jokey than the guy and again, this is for very specific situations. You know, you don't want to be too um, clowny and, and like so easy to laugh that it's like you kind of want the guy to win you over and he has to work to make you laugh a little bit, you know. But at the same time, you don't want to be like this person who has no humor, like a lot of. And I'm going to say this, this is going to this is going to upset a lot of women is I find that a lot of single women have no humor. Mm -hmm. um, I've had friends, male friends who shared with me their online dating stories and they try to open up by being funny and saying jokes. I'm like, no, dude, you don't want to do that. Single women have no humor. <laughs> 
you you know like 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 a lot of women you know the if you are approaching them online for the first time you, you want to be respectful and and formal you don't want to open up with a joke you know and, and obviously that was a fail for him and that's why he gave up he, he said he tried so many times to you know make jokes and and make make them laugh but obviously he failed because they didn't think it was funny because they have no humor they're, they're very uh serious and sensitive yeah, like so easily triggered, you know, they, they get offended and are triggered by yeah. um, certain jokes. So, and that's why I think women, if you have some deep inner childhood wounds, are you laughing, Deepa? Yes. <laughs> I'm trying to coach here. Sorry. Yeah, like, if, if, why are you laughing? You know, because I think that um, they take themselves too seriously and they don't know how to have fun. Um, and sometimes that gets in the way, I guess. Yeah. So sadly, my friend failed so many times to get girls to date him online because he tried to be funny and it didn't work. It was a dating fail because, like I said, most single women online, you know, most of them already are coming in with brokenness. They, they are brokenhearted. They are coming in like, you know, damaged goods. They're already hurt, already wounded on the rebound. Some other guy dumped them or reject them. So they've had all these bad experiences from either childhood, teenager years, um, the last relationships, they have accumulated all this hurt. And so when the next guy tries to message them some light and breezy joke online, they, it's not funny. You know, they're like triggered. They're like crying and, you know, block, 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 block. Right? You can't, uh, they, they get offended and they, they block them. So, you know, that I'm hearing the other side of the story from my friends who they tried online dating and it didn't work because they couldn't joke with women and i told him dude you don't do that <laughs> you don't you don't do that and it's sad it's sad that he can't do that i mean guys can do that with me and, and it's fine because i'm not i'm not that sensitive you know and, and and i can roll with the punches so yes if you don't have that's what that's what the rules means by being light and breezy you don't come into dating with this emotional heaviness and with all these you know all this baggage coming in with a bag of burdens hurts and wounds you haven't gotten over your previous ex and you're looking for the next guy to help you forget about him and this is this online dating is a distraction but you're really looking for therapy so it sounds like a lot of women they may need to go to therapy or take some time off to heal before they get back on because you get these guys who think they're cool they're trying to be funny, but it's not working. It's a fail. And that's where both people are a vibrational mismatch. Um, it's They're like ships that pass each other in the night and they miss. So it's missed opportunities for both people. He misses out, she misses out, both people lose because they're not in the, they're not on the same wavelength. And I see a lot of girls 
using the word light and breezy on their profile. And it makes me think they're probably not light and breezy. They're probably super sensitive, overly hypersensitive, and they, they can't, you know, they can't take a joke. Now, guys, my advice to guys is to be careful, too. I mean, a guy shouldn't try to be too jokey or funny in the beginning. He should be respectful. There should be uh, several exchanges and maybe a few meetings before a guy tries to, to, to be funny. And it also depends on his humor. He shouldn't be mean or insensitive or, or distasteful. But anyway, um, I hope that answered your question, yeah. Ian. Thank you, Christine. So I <laughs> it was kind of a long I, answer. I don't know if I, I got the, the point. Um because I I don't try too hard to be funny or something like that. It is so natural. It's come naturally from inside. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But mm -hmm. I got the point. As you said, uh yeah. I Hello? Sorry, you got cut off. Are you still there? What did you say? I can't hear you. Okay, well, I, I can't hear her. Ian, are you still there? Well, Kim, just wanted to say, uh, I was not, uh, I didn't find the, I mean, I was seeing the humor, the lightness um, in the situation because I, I see that um, sometimes when you look at the rules as well, you, you need to understand the idea or the concept behind it. And again, that's where I feel the rules has, you helped me um, understand the social situations. So you, you get to enjoy it. Um, you enjoy people's company and you slowly become more lighter naturally. Right, right. So, yeah, I think the, the rules are just trying to protect women yeah. from trying too hard yeah. to impress. Yeah. Because some people try to make jokes to impress. Yeah. And that's not a good move, right? Yeah. Um, the, the other thing is, I want to share with you something my husband said. He said, it takes a lot of talent to be funny. It's not easy. Like, if you've ever gone to a stand-up comedian, stand-up comedy place, it's very hard to be a comedian. Yeah. I mean, it takes real talent. So, uh, and if you don't have that talent, don't try. I mean, that's like dating suicide. Yeah. Don't, don't try to, to be something you're, you're not. And don't try to like be with the guys like like you're one of them because the, the guys have their so guys have their own type of humor that they joke with each other. Don't try to be like one of them yeah. is also what they're saying. Try to maintain graceful, feminine poise. They want you to be poised and dignified. You know, and sometimes when the guys are joking with each other you can just smile but you don't have to like laugh really loud you don't need to laugh loudly and slap your knee and fall out of the chair 
you know, and be howling, you know, uh, right? <laughs> like we are right now. We're all, we're all gaggling like <laughs> girls at a slumber party. So, so it's okay to do this among girls. So we can show this side to each other. But I think with a man, especially someone who is of, of a romantic interest, you want to be more collected. You want to be more composed. And I know that sounds fake, but it's not being fake. It's being more refined, more elegant, more mature. You have control over your expression. And that's the last gem I want to leave with you is, you know, have a sense of humor. You can smile. And when you laugh, you, I, I would suggest, you know, smiling and not laughing too loudly, but maintaining dignified, graceful composure. Okay. It's called feminine poise. It's called maturity and, um, well, self-control, basically, right? The, the, you have composure. You're not letting it all hang out. Did you guys get that? That's what I wanted to leave with you at the end of this call. Thanks, Kim. Thank you. Okay. Well, thanks for joining me on this call. I wasn't sure how it was going to turn out. It, it went quite long, but that's okay. Um We'll just upload this, and, and if anyone has time to listen to it, they can just um, plow through. Anyway, good night. Thanks for joining me here on my podcast, Gems by Kim. Good night, everyone. Good night, Kim. Good night. Sweet dreams. <laughs>